Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. David is the king of Israel. He's been Jewish his whole life. Does David know the Ten Commandments? Frontward and backward. Knowing them isn't enough. We have to obey them. What happened to David was this. He knew these commandments. He knew they were for his good. God actually said two of them. Don't covet another man's wife. And God said, don't commit adultery. The minute that David stepped outside and then onto this ladder, disaster was heading in his life. Have you ever done something you knew was wrong and seemed to get away with it? You felt pretty good for a while until the deed was discovered. Things didn't go so well after that, did they? You'll find out in Pastor Mark's teaching today that there are always consequences for breaking God's laws. The negatives might not show up for a while. In fact, things might seem to get better after you sin. But you'll be reminded through the life of King David that there's always a price to be paid for sinning. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in 2 Samuel chapter 11 as he continues his message, Greener Grass. David was the king of Israel. The Bible says he was a man after God's own heart. He had a number of wives. But one day, David became discontent. We begin in 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 1. In the spring... At the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. And they destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah. But David remained in Jerusalem. See, King David was older. These were his latter years. He probably should have gone out with the army. He didn't have to fight, but he could have been there as a moral support, but he didn't. He, he stayed home And he should have left. Well, while the armies were out, one evening, David took some steps. Now, remember we told you that this commandment is always bubbling in our hearts. It's an attitude. David had wives, but he became discontent. Before he saw anything, he was discontent about people. And we begin and and see what happens. Look at verse 2. One evening, David got up from his bed, and he walked around on the roof of the palace. 
On the roof, he saw a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful. Now, notice we see, we kind of play with in our mind, and then we could go for it. David walked out. He walked out on this ladder of discontent. The problem wasn't the lady bathing. The problem was he was discontent. He was looking for someone else. Well, I think the Bible's interesting, and Satan is very wise. Remember, we talked in James that we're drawn away with our own lust. But Satan, Satan makes it very tempting to us. Notice what it says here. The woman was very beautiful. Now, what if that night... David is discontent, and he walks out to the roof of his palace, and he looks out, and he sees this woman over there bathing. She's naked. And what if the Bible would have said, she was as ugly as sin? (laughs) David would have got right back down in and looked for his wife inside. Where's my wife? Where's my wife? Where's my... There would have been what? Zero temptation. But notice, she's a looker. She's foxy. She's naked. There's a problem. And David sent someone to find out about her. Didn't know who she was. Notice how God tries to keep us from getting in trouble. Notice the next sentence. And the man said, King, isn't this Bathsheba? The daughter, she's a daughter of someone, Elam. And she's the wife, hello, of Uriah the Hittite. He was trying to say to David, David, you climbed up the wrong ladder. This woman is married. Verse 4, David didn't listen to a thing. Then David sent the messengers to get her. She came to him and he slept with her. She had purified herself from uncleanliness. She had just finished her period. And then she went back home. Remember we told you in James, let me read it to you. These desires give birth to sinful action, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. Notice verse 5. The woman conceived. She sent word to David saying, I am pregnant. See, David was after simply a one-night stand. This is going to get complicated. We see that David was coveting someone else's wife. And God, in that 10th commandment, said, do not covet someone else's wife. Let me ask you a question. It's a very complicated one. See if you can get it. David is the king of Israel. He's been Jewish his whole life. Does David know the 10 commandments? Frontward and backward. Knowing them isn't enough. We have to obey them. What happened to David was this. He knew these commandments. He knew they were for his good. God actually said two of them. Don't covet another man's wife. And God said, don't commit adultery. The minute that David stepped outside of that onto this ladder, disaster was heading in his life. Oh, it's no different for you or me. By the way, he's not through breaking the commandments. We know the story. I don't have time to go into it, but basically this. That night, David began to work a plan. He sent for her husband to come, Uriah. 
He was hoping Uriah would go in and make love to Bathsheba, blame the pregnancy on him. Uriah slept outside the home. He wouldn't sleep with his wife because the other soldiers weren't allowed to come back. In the end, David went down this row of freedom and he stepped over the line again. He had Uriah murdered. And when you think about all that, David finished and he kind of felt good to himself. All the tracks were covered. Nobody really knew. Really? Joab knew. Bathsheba knew. God knew. Oh, God forgave David. But do you know the disaster that came to his house? I can't begin to list you the disaster that came to he and his family. All because at a time in his life, he had the attitude that he didn't have the right people in his life. And he solved it Satan's way. You say, well, Pastor Mark, what does that have to do with me? Are you coveting about someone else right now? You're married and you're coveting about someone else? Does a divorce from your difficult circumstances and a remarriage look better because the person you're looking at, they're going to be way better than your present wife and husband. You just know that. In this room as a man or a woman, are you lusting on the internet? You're discontent with your sex life with your spouse, but that person on the internet, that man or that woman, they look so perfect. Yeah, brushed, painted, built up, everything. Perfect, perfect. If you look at their life, you'll find they're a disaster. Ladies, are you in a chat room? He looks a lot better than the guy you have. You see, that begins to take us down a road you don't want to be. Has Satan lied to you about the disasters of having an affair? If David could have climbed that ladder on that night where Bathsheba was and goes, can I do this over again, God? He would have never followed through. Oh, you've been there. I've been there. I wish there's some nights I didn't climb up this ladder. But you can't undo the sin. Oh, God forgives, but the consequences happen. Be careful. Let me speak to you teenagers, college students, single parents who are looking for a spouse. See, if you become discontent waiting for God's timing, you're waiting for the next disaster. Remember, we talked to you, you teenagers, this this young guy says to you, well, if you love me, you'll have sex with me. You find another man. That selfish desire that has no value to you. You're here and you're 23 and you're dating and you say, Pastor Mark, I want to introduce you to my boyfriend or my girlfriend and you do. And later I say to you, uh, Pastor Bo says to you, uh, that young man looks good. That young lady, she looks sharp. What's the spiritual status? Well, they're not a believer yet. See, you climb the ladder of discontent. Don't settle for second best. Second best doesn't work in a marriage. You wait for God to bring you the right person. By the way, if you are dating, 
You don't look for somebody. Pastor Mike, I see him in church. They sit in the balcony right there in the third seat. I see him every week. Good. That's the starting point. You ask him if they love God with all their heart, mind, body, and soul. You say, well, how do I do that? It takes a lot of time. We never marry anybody unless they've been dating for a full year. Why? You need to know the person. You need to understand who they are. So what if you're here today and you have this attitude in your marriage, and here's where the danger comes. We get older. And as we get older in our marriages, Satan wants us to climb this ladder. Because nobody, as they get older, looks like they did when they were 20. You know, as you get older, everything falls. Men, you used to have a 32 belt. It falls, doesn't it? You can do all you want, but what was here is down here. Ladies, why are you laughing? What you had that's up here is down here. You can do all the push-ups you want. It don't matter. So what do we do with that? Is that true? It's true. Then you be committed to your marriage. It isn't about our looks. It's about our heart. One of the things that I love is to watch older couples walking together as they're married. That's it. Now, why do I love it? Because I'm pretty close to right in that area. That's why I love it. You work on your friendship. You work on your sexuality with your spouse. And you work on your commitment. Stay off the ladder. Stay off it. Let God bless you. Be content with who you have. Next, the ladder of discontentment. Something else. Something else. Turn with me to Luke chapter 12, if you will. Luke chapter 12. Jesus was speaking specifically about the 10th commandment as you arrive there. And Jesus was giving some great principles in application to this desiring more, looking for something that's better, selfish desires. We come to verse 15, Luke 12. And then he said to them, Jesus speaking, notice these words, watch out. It's a warning. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Well, Jesus, why should I? Here it is. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. See, Jesus was saying that we have to learn to be content because having more stuff, it never satisfies. But Satan loves to keep us dissatisfied. More, new, better, best. The advertising world is all about that. Then he gives us a great story, a parable. Look at verse 16. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. He thought to himself, 
What should I do? I have no place to store my crops. Now watch as we go through this parable. It's all about I, 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 I. Selfish. This man, is he looks out and he goes, this is an incredible year of production. Look at that stuff. My barn's only like that. What should I do? Never does it enter his mind. Well, let me give to the poor and help some people, do some stuff, start a younger person into farming. No, he just thinks about himself. More is better. More is better. That's all he thinks about. And notice, as he's on this ladder of discontent, notice what he says, verse 18. Then he said, this is what, this is what I'll do. I, here's the eyes again, I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store all of my grain and my goods. And I'll sit back and say to myself, wow, good job. You have plenty of good things and laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be married. Jesus is talking about a man who has a greedy, covetous, Heart. The rich man thought that fulfillment in life came from wealth and more wealth. He coveted more stuff. He had a greedy heart. But you notice, nowhere in this parable is God. He didn't ask God direction. He's only thinking himself. There's no prayer for wisdom, what to do with this wonderful stuff he has. But on this ladder of discontentment, Satan continues to lie for him. You see, As he looks out and he thinks about this bigger barns, he's thinking this, you're pretty smart. And wait till the neighbors walk by and go, what is he doing? He's tearing that down. A few weeks later, whoa! And people will really think that I'm someone special. You see, it was all about him. He thought that this stuff would bring the admiration of people. He'd be prideful. He's the best salesman of the year. He's got the titles. He got the stuff. He can drive it. He's got the house. He's got the boats. He's got the yardage. He's got the acreage. He's arrived. Let me just ask you to write one little thing before I finish this. Don't let your possessions possess you. Now, the other thing he thought about this was he thought about the future. And he says this, I have many years to live. Really? Let's read the end of the story. But God said to him, you incredible businessman, you sharp guy, you, I'm going to put you on the magazine title of Inc., You're the man. Is that what Jesus said? What did he call him? Tell me. Now, don't mistake that. When we see fool in a spiritual context, Jesus wasn't saying, you idiot, you stupid businessman. What a dumb decision you made. No, he's not talking about any of that. The word fool, when we see it in this context, simply means this. There was no spiritual discernment in his decision. Everything he had done had nothing to do with God. You see, if you're a Christ follower, God has to be the center of our lives and everything else walks around it. This man has nothing. 
He's lost it. So God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? He said, well, Pastor Mark, does this have anything to do with me? Verse 21 is for you and me. This is how it will be with anyone. Just put your name there. Who stores up things for himself. Nothing wrong with having stuff. Look at the end of it. But is not rich toward God. You see, the wealthy man thought he was wise, but God said, no, no, no. You've forgotten. Life is very short here. And you've left me out. He was rich in possessions. He called himself a success. But he was banking in the wrong place. How do we correct that? How do we learn the application that Jesus just gave us? Let me give you three things before we close. Number one, know the dangers of covetousness and discontentment. Now, if you will, listen to this verse. Ecclesiastes 5.10. Those who love money will never have enough. How meaningless to think that wealth brings true happiness. I don't have time, but there's two incredible keys. The wisest man on all the earth says this. Number one, if you love money, you'll never have enough. And number two, it's meaningless to think that wealth brings happiness. It doesn't. Here's a picture of the world and how that doesn't get to their mind. Let me read you the story of Trump. Let me read you a true story. It's happening right now. It's current. It's fresh. It's right now. Trump is suing the author of a book that in that book, the author said Trump's net worth is between $150 million and $250 million. He's not a billionaire. Trump says he's a billionaire. So Trump is suing that author and that uh, publisher because he says his reputation and his brand have been damaged. And he's missing out on business opportunities because he's not a billionaire. The word for that is fool. By the way, do you think Trump's happy? No, he's not happy. We know he's not happy. Not because he's rich. That has nothing to do with it. We know he's not happy because he doesn't have God in his life. Understand that. Notice this next statement you want to write. We will always want more, but stuff doesn't satisfy. That's not just for Trump. That's for me. We will always want more, but stuff doesn't satisfy. Look at Proverbs 27, 20. Human desire is never satisfied. In today's lesson, Pastor Mark reminded you that coveting is hard for someone to see because it all happens in the mind. The acts of stealing or adultery are the external results of the inward wanting of someone else's possessions. Pastor Mark talked about contentment and finding that place where you're fully satisfied with what God has brought into your life. You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today and we'd love to connect with you. 
feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Next time, Pastor Mark will be winding up his teaching, Greener Grass. He'll continue to talk about the dangers of being discontent and thinking that having more stuff or prestige will satisfy you. You'll hear about the people who were into their possessions and the tragedy that resulted from that. You'll learn how to escape the trap of materialism and find peace with God. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. in a hurry.